Welcome to another episode of the Get Back Coach presented by Apollo Media. And this just in, Brian Harson out at Auburn. The inevitable has taken place. Brian Harson fired at Auburn. Jay, what are what are your initial thoughts? Well, you said it right, the inevitable. Uh, this one was was always coming. I thought it would happen after uh, after the Georgia loss. Uh, it just never worked from the start. I mean, Auburn fans just did not like him uh, no. as the coach. Uh, the you have to imagine the boosters were just kind of in, in. Yeah, I mean. There was obviously some some not happy people here. They got the uh, the new AD hired from Mississippi State, and uh, Brian Harson's gone almost immediately. So you have to think they have some kind of plan in place, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens as far as uh, replacing him. Cadillac Williams, uh, interim head coach. Yeah, that's one of those things where I was just like, wait, I was like, he's not old enough. And then like yeah. you think back, you're like, oh wow, like it's been I'm old. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of those I'm old moments. Um I I don't know. Who do you think uh who who's your first thought might take might get this job? Uh so the the names that I saw bandied about by uh people online are Hugh Freeze. Uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, and I think Deion Sanders was the other name that I saw that everybody was asking for. I mean, the Auburn community, yeah. but here's the thing about Dion. Okay, like Dion, I don't think Dion is the guy to take you to the next level, but I think Dion is the guy that's going to get you competitive. He is going to get the. He's going to put a spark and get Jimmy's and Joe's. Yeah, that that's the thing about Dion is uh, he is clearly a much better recruiter than Harson was. Uh, God, yeah, probably, probably but, more likable. I mean, yeah, you know? but uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I, I don't think any of those names are actually going to be the guy that ends up taking the job, mm-hmm. uh, unless Lane Kiffin says something about not leaving Oxford unless it's in a pine box then the red flag should start going off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, That's a little reference for some people. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, I don't know who takes this job. Um, I, I think I think it's Hugh Freeze. And we, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think it's honestly. I, I'll put my money on Hugh. It's not a bad bet. I, I think Lane... I don't think Lane would leave Ole Miss for Auburn. And I know that's crazy for me to say because Auburn is a very – Auburn's not a blue blood, but they're, like, very close to that. They're, like, a second-tier program. <clears throat> I think Ole Miss is a step below Auburn, but I just think Auburn is kind of, is too much of a mess right now for Lane Kiffin to just step right in. And, and it's it's Lane, a hard yeah. place to win playing Alabama and Georgia every year. Yeah, it's that division. It's 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 terrible when you're having problems getting to that next level, and you have a team in your division that is just dominant 
every year. That is very, very good every single year. And and, and, and your permanent cross division opponent is also the dominant team in their division. Who's the cross? Oh, is Georgia crossover? Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah. oldest, oldest, uh, oldest deep south oldest rivalry. Deep south oldest rivalry. Yeah, it's it's tough. Like now, like like you said, you're playing two teams that are on top of the college football world every single year, and it's very hard to build something when you have two guaranteed losses on your schedule. So, I don't know. It's tough. I think this might be Hugh's Hugh Freeze coming back. Wouldn't be surprised, but just no, no, no. Urban Meyer, no. Um, <laughs> I saw Nick Saban. I no, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, who, who else did I see? I saw someone else that I saw PJ Flex name get thrown out there. That was. I, I don't think PJ Fleck wants no, to come down to the SEC. No, 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 no. no. I, I would just like to go on record. I am not saying that that should yeah. happen at all or or that's a good idea but that was thrown out there i was like that's a random one right there that's a random one um also brett bielema also not happening um, <laughs> that the, the brett bielema in the sec experiment was fun yeah Obviously, it didn't uh, work it didn't work the first time it's not gonna work this time like yeah. he he just fits in the big 10 it's not because the Big Ten is quote unquote weaker. It's because that style of play that he plays that translates to the Big Ten. You can play like that in the Big Ten. Um, in the SEC, eh, you, you're gonna need some. You're gonna need some speed demons on the outside. And, um, but yeah, it's Belam is not that. That's not happening. But I don't know. Uh, like I said, I think you freeze. Uh, we're gonna find out. It's gonna be. It's going to be interesting, but I think Auburn fans learn a little bit of a lesson here. I think they learn, um, you know, winning nine games a year on average is uh, pretty decent. And I know you're striving for better things, but, um, you know, don't say someone is terrible uh, when they're actually just when they're all right. Things are okay. You know, they're like, oh, we got to get rid of Gus. Well, okay, got rid of Gus. Do you wish you had? Gus now, but uh, who knows? The again, it's a little bit dust, dumpster fire. Those boosters are absolutely insane, and I, I yeah. would not want to coach there. Uh, I mean, I, I would have... just because I would like to have the the buyout money, but oh, buyout money! That's that. Hey, uh, <laughs> being a fired college football coach is a pretty is a pretty good life. Edo, Edo, man, Ed, Edo, living the dream. What um, do you want me to go out? <laughs> Uh, let's a little bit more happy, a little bit happy topic. How was your return to college station? Glorious. Everything I could have asked for. Uh, great barbecue, uh, had a blast, hit up Northgate, maybe drank a little bit too much on Northgate two nights in a row, but that's okay. We tailgated pretty good. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll get into the game. Uh, the game wasn't as happy, but I, I did have a great time going back home to college station. No. Yeah. It's. It looked like a lot of fun. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get there this it's weekend. Time. I know. I know. It's. I can't believe it's already here. It's like it's weird that it's even happening. Like we put it together pretty quickly. To be fair, we did. We did. <laughs> we did. Um, and it'll be good. Uh, again, the cultural exchange. I'm going Do you like down that? there. I love that because next year, next year you're coming up to Penn State. Yep. It's yep. gonna happen. It's happening. 
We're, we're making it happen. Um, hopefully, that'll be a whiteout game for you, too. I mean, you know, I'll enjoy it no matter what. But, yeah, a whiteout game would be a, a special yeah. event. Or just listen, man, even the Ohio State game, we're going to get into it uh, quick. But that game was at noon, and it was. That place was rocking. See, that's the only thing I'm worried about with A&M is it's an 11 a.m. kick and and A&M's three and five right now. 11. Oh, it's 11 a.m. That damn central time. Yeah. You guys are guys are weird. All right. um, Let's get into a bit of a recap here. We're going to start this baby off on Thursday. Utah at Washington State in Pullman. Um, This was mostly a defensive matchup. Washington State catches the Utes in Pullman. Cougars slinging the rock all around the yard. Could not run the football. Um, Cam Rising made a decision not to play in the game. He was um, he was cleared by trainers, but felt that he didn't have um, didn't have it. Didn't have the right stuff. Was not feeling a hundred percent, and because of that, he said that he would not play in the game and. Uh, Bryson Barnes ends up playing. Jay, what do you feel about Cam Rising um, kind of making the decision to um, not start in this game? You know, it's it's a catch-22, right? Like, you want your guys to compete. But at the same time, if you're medically okay to go, but you feel like you'll be more of a liability, I think you know that as an athlete. And, you know, if you trust the guy behind you, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to 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 sit out a game uh, if you think that you're not going to help your team win. Mm-hmm. It's the, I mean, it is it's the scene from uh, Remember the Titans, right? Uh, where Ryan Gosling's playing cornerback and he goes mm-hmm. to to Coach Yost and says, "Go yeah. put PD in." Yeah, go put PD. I can't cover that guy. Yep. Um, no, honestly, I thought the same thing. Cam Rising does not have to prove anything to anyone. Um, I, I know the hardos are going to be like, if you're medically cleared, you should play. Yeah. But guess what? If you understand to yourself that, like you said, that if, if you're an athlete and you're like, Hey, I'm going to be more of a liability out there. Um, and we have a better chance to win with a bat with our backup who we trust, then they're going to make that decision. Um, so I, honestly, I think cam rising, I think cam rising made the correct decision there. Um, he's played in big games before. He's not afraid of playing in big games. Uh, he's, you know, I, I think he made a, a good decision, not a business decision on his part, but I think a team decision of if I was selfish, I'll push myself. It, It's almost like it would be a selfish move to go out there knowing you're a liability. Exactly. For, because of your pride. But I think, and I, I think especially aside. at the, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's very important. So, yeah, I will one of those say deals where yep. you know there's there's a fine line, right? Because yep, it's it's a difference between, like you said, making a business decision, which honestly I don't blame players for either. But in this case, I think it's it's to help it's a team, the team decision. Yeah. yeah, there there was a play that I felt really bad, and Jay, you and I are defensive guys. Um, Utah got bailed out right before the half. Um, there was a targeting call. Linebacker fills the hole. He did go a little high, but it was like it was literally like hitting the tackling dummy. Like where you hit it and wrap up like almost like bite the ball type thing. 
but right. he got a little bit of high when he bit the ball and he kind of hit the guy a little high and called targeting players ejected, which that's a whole other thing that, you know, we've talked about before with some of these ejections, I think are a little, uh, they're a little, the ejections happen way too much, you know, flag a guy 15 fine, you know, but I think some guys are just trying to make football plays. Well, I think, I think we said like when the targeting was originally implemented, I think it was like a, a, a two strike rule. Uh, where, where you had one targeting, and then uh, if you get a second targeting, you're ejected. And I, I like that rule, but yeah. I think just one and done is it's excessive. No, yeah, especially with guys just making, trying to make plays. Like there are times where targeting happens where I'm like, okay, yep, you can eject the guy for that. Like that, 100. Um, percent Especially with defenseless uh, players, but. You know, this guy was this running back was running in the hole straight up, and this Utah linebacker put a, a uh, like perfect uh, like if it wasn't a flag, it would have been on clinic tape. Uh, just running the hitting, running the feet, you know um, that whole thing. But I don't know. It, it got bailed out, but Utah or Utah ends up winning the game. Uh, Washington State puts up a hell of an effort, but just comes up a little bit short. Again, Utah without Cam rising. But, hey, a win is a win is a win, especially in Pullman. Those Cougars are frisky. Those Pullman's Cougars always frisky. Pullman is always a tough place to play. Yeah. I feel like when it's wild it is, but, like, also it's, like, very sleepy sometimes. I feel like it's one Thursday's of those places. probably a little bit tough. Thursday. And I feel like it's one of those places that it's every time it's on TV, it looks like it's 30 degrees out. Yeah. Like it's one of those places. That's, that's the Palouse, baby, Eastern Washington. Yep. Oh, yeah. uh, but next up, uh, Virginia Tech at NC State. I was watching this one uh, yeah. quite fervently. Uh, you know, I had the under in that one, and uh, we went into halftime, and I felt really good about it. Yep. Uh, and then Virginia Tech explodes with some big plays, gets 21 points, and then NC State doing what NC State has kind of done this year with just rallying. Uh, and and not going away, and uh, Wolfpack able to to come back uh, after uh, quite the scare. Yeah, no, I mean this is NC State was down twenty twenty one to three late in the third quarter. Um, Virginia Tech is a defensive team worth playing great defense, and their offense got a couple big plays. And then Tennessee, something changed in the Tennessee Tennessee game with their offense, where they were taking advantage of one-on-one matchups on the outside, either in the screen game, in the um, you know one-on-one matchups down the field, and then NC State ends up scoring more points, and now Virginia Tech's on their heels. And NC State's defense, um, again, shut down the big plays, made Virginia Tech um, drive the field, and that's how NC State ends up winning that game. Um, listen, I... I'm a Brent Pry guy. I like Brent Pry. I think that defense of Virginia Tech is going to get even better in years to come. Their offense is just not good. And if they could ever get a competent offense, just a, a con- competent one, I think Virginia Tech is going to be in good hands with Brent Pry, especially when he starts opening up that Virginia um when he starts recruiting Virginia really well. Because I do believe that is going to hurt Penn State down the road because Brent Pry is going to recruit Virginia very, very well. Um, but the Friday game, which was probably the 
before Saturday was probably the game of the week before Saturday hit. Um, yeah. e- East Carolina, the Pirates going to BYU. Um, I love those BYU uniforms, by the way, those light blues. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. um, this was a fun one. Uh, late defensive pass interference call to set up an East Carolina field goal. Um, con- very controversial. I hated the call. I thought that both BYU players were trying to go for the ball. East Carolina's guy, he was in bad position. He tripped. He, he I thought it was I thought it was a bad call. I really did. Um I don't know. Did you see it? Uh so I didn't see it, so I can't I don't really have an opinion on it one way or the other. Uh, what what I did see was that line drive of a field goal that ECU kicked yeah, to win it. That, that was uh yep. I mean, I did not think that thing was going in. No, uh, I didn't either. But, you know, hats off to ECU. And, I mean, I, mean, I talked about them, uh, you know, whenever we yeah. linked up with the with the group of five guys earlier this year. Yep. Uh, ECU as a, as a possible uh, dark horse in the American. And they've yep. had some pretty good wins this year. They have. They really have. East Carolina, man. And again, Gainesville. Um, it, no, it's not Gainesville. Greenville. Greenville. Greenville is that's a wild place. When ECU's good, when they have big games, that place is a it's a madhouse there. Yeah. It's awesome. And here's the other thing, Jay. Not enough people are talking about the quarterback running back combination of Holton Aylers and Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell is a dog. That guy is he is quick, fast, and will lower the shoulder on you. Keaton Mitchell, I love him as a as a running back. I, I think he's one of the best running backs in all of college football, and I truly believe that. I don't disagree with you. I mean, he had some some huge plays last week uh, in that that huge overtime win, uh, and then you know this week again, just uh, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but, he is. I guess it's now we go into to Saturday. Uh, um, my uh, adopted Mountaineers uh, gave TCU a hell of a fight. Our adopted. I've adopted. I've. I. I That's right. I mean, you lived in Morgan. I, I lived yes. there for four years, so I. I think I get those people a little bit. Um. Oh man. So TCU avoids the upset here. Uh, Neil Brown is on a hot seat right now. An absolute hot seat. He's probably not going to save his job. Um, but it's just one of those games where, like, just when you think TCU is going to pull away, West Virginia answers. Um, I had the over in this game, by the way, which definitely hit. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, again, West Virginia, this this was one where West Virginia didn't, didn't get a defensive pass interference call at the end of the game. Uh, clearly was some sort of holding going on. Um, they battled. They, it's... The Big 12, man, every team's good. No one's bad. It's just West Virginia just not finding ways to win. Um, and then you have TCU, which did you – so this game ends, all right, for the people who did not watch. This game ends with TCU trying to get a first down. It's fourth and one, okay? West Virginia jumps. Now, Jay, what happens – when you're on the offense and the other team jumps free play you throw the fade free free play you throw the fade tcu did it tcu touchdown west virginia 
doesn't cover the seven and a half. I was furious when I saw this. I was like, oh, this is good. I'm going to cover, 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 cover because we're seven and a half. And then I got back from the Penn State game, and I'm like, they didn't cover? Like, did TCU score late? Like, what happened? And then I saw how, and I was just, oh, man, I was so ticked off. That was <laughs> not a good one. That is a that's a bad beat right there. It's a bad beat, but, I I, I mean, that's that's what your coach should do in that situation. So I, I don't blame yeah. TCU so, for doing that. Yeah, and I saw someone post like, oh, TCU could have just ran it out, and they didn't. Like, dude. You're taught that's a free play. That's what you're taught to do. So they're not going to just they're not going to just do something different because of the score. They know it's offsides. That's you're going to take a shot. That's what TCU did. And plus, why wouldn't you want to go up two scores at that point? You would want to. Gotta, so got to get those style points. Well, that's what people were saying. People were like, "Oh, they're going for the style points," which I I kind of understand. But that's not a style point thing. That's just, hey, West Virginia jumped and TCU was doing what they were taught. They were coaching. 100%. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's no, I don't think. And you know what? I don't, I, I didn't see the exchange with Neil Brown and Sonny Dykes, but I, I bet you Neil Brown didn't take offense to that either. I, think I, I don't under, think so. I think you understood. It's like, hey, like your guys are taught to do that. We probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, let's travel to Louisville, Kentucky. What Wake Forest at Louisville? All right, before we even start, um, Pitt. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I laughed, I laughed at your loss to Louisville. Um, I still think you're the kings of mediocrity. Hey, that's fine. But uh, Louisville, Louisville is finding a groove right now. Like Louisville, well, what? And to be fair to you, North Carolina did beat Pitt. Pretty handily this week. So, I, oh yeah, I know. Listen, Jay, it's to the point where that game that that they, they doesn't even worth. It's not even worth a mention on the show. It's not <laughs> even worth a mention. Okay, but this one with Louisville, uh, Louisville just dominated on defense. Like, listen, there's no surprise. Wake Forest is Sam Hartman and his receivers. That is Wake Forest. That's Wake Forest. And if you stop them in the passing game, they can't run the football and they're not good on, and they're not a good defensive team. And, you know, Malik Cunningham had a great day on offense for Louisville. Their defense shut down Wake Forest and forced, are you ready for this, Jay? They forced eight turnovers, two pick sixes with it. Two pick sixes. Two pick sixes and eight turnovers. It was a wild day. And listen, Malik Cunningham went 15 of 23 for 164. And if you would have watched the game, it was one of those games where I didn't believe the stat line was right because I could have swore he was like 300 all-purpose yards. Yeah. But um, you, you, you but, give eight turnovers, you're not going to win a game. And not only that, 11 tackles for losses, eight of those sacks. So you have 11 tackles for losses, eight of those were sacks. And you had eight turnovers on top of it. Like not not what you want. And ran for two hundred and eleven yards. Like Wake Forest looked bad. Again, the ACC outside of Clemson is a joke. It is a joke. And if TCU and Clemson go undefeated, I'm sorry, but TCU needs to go in. They have to. 
I don't think the ACC is just completely a joke. I mean, there's there's some some good football being played there, uh, but no, I mean, not a lot. Uh, I still think, and we're going to get into them. We might as well get into them now, actually. Uh, Syracuse, Notre Dame. Great segue, Jay. So Syracuse does lose Garrett Schrader earlier. I think that's part of why uh, this game ended up being pulled away a little bit. Okay. Uh, But uh, Notre Dame, you know, a tough defensive performance since they've, uh, you know, had their early season struggles. I think they're actually a decent team. Uh, I do agree with you that the Big 12 is better than the ACC top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, and I think if TCU runs the table and Clemson runs the table, I do think TCU is the better of the two teams, or at least has a better resume. Do, uh, do you think but, they get in, though? I don't. I think the the voters give it to Clemson on the, the strength of the brand name, uh, to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, it is what it is, though. Uh, the preseason rankings had Clemson up there high, and uh, they haven't lost yet. So... Why uh, that's can, kind of can you, it is what it is. That's why I don't like preseason rankings, but yeah, that's fair. That. But uh, the Syracuse Notre Dame game, I mean, uh, Notre Dame, you know, after a really really bad start, uh, hats off to them for 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 rallying and and yeah. Michael Meyer, who is just an incredible player. Uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch this year. Been kind of a revelation for that for that Fighting Irish team. No. Yeah, I mean, listen, Syracuse Syracuse puts themselves in a hole. Uh, you know, Schrader makes a bad read on an RPO. Brandon Joseph takes a, a pick six to the house. Um, and then, you know, Notre Dame sitting in the driver's seat 21-7 right before half. And then I'm like, okay, like Notre Dame's going to pull away. And then Syracuse hangs with them until about the fourth quarter. Notre Dame blocks a punt. They score. Um and then it was pretty much all Notre Dame from then on out. So Syracuse was in this football game. Listen, Syracuse, Syracuse is a good football team. Okay, they are, and I don't I, want to take I think that they're, away from them. I think they're a solid number two in the ACC uh, to, to Clemson. Okay, but compare compare that to the Big Twelve. You have TCU versus Clemson. Who would you take, uh, you know, against Syracuse? Kansas State, Cuse. Kansas State and Cuse. Okay. Which now, I don't know if we're going to get into that Kansas State game. Uh, I, I have it. No, I have it later on in the notables. Okay. I'm not going to that too much. I don't think there's too much we can say about it. Um, no. <laughs> but like you, you also have Texas that's lingering in there. Yeah, you have Texas, but I mean, Wake Forest isn't a bad team. I mean, their offense can still give people problems. Obviously, if you should have Sam Hartman, uh, North Carolina that. and Drake May is still a very good offensive team. Uh, their defense is terrible. Yeah, but I mean, you you see some of that in 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 the Big Twelve from Kansas too, right? Kansas is uh, a actually, good team that's, their defense. That's your that those four matchups right there. Those are your matchups. North Carolina, Kansas, yeah. <laughs> North Carolina and Kansas. You know, Wake Forest, Texas. And Kansas OU State with Gil- you know OU has Dylan Gabriel back. They've been better with him in in there. Uh, you know, I I do think that the bottom of NC the State versus Oklahoma, I think, would be another yeah. one. I don't. I I know. I know what you're saying. Um, and obviously, the bottom of the Big Twelve is better than the bottom of the ACC. But I, I just, if TCU gets screwed here, um, 
which I think they will, um, that that's going to be terrible for that program. You know, well, I shouldn't say terrible because they're still going to show up to the bowl game and, and prove that they belong. But they, if them and Clemson are it's, both it's under- twenty fourteen all over again. Yeah, like everyone's, you know, who's going in, who's not. Like, I don't know. I just, I just see TCU making, you know, going, running the table, and then Clemson's going to get in over them because they wear a different helmet. Um, yeah. I think that's the breaks of college football. That's why the expanded playoff is, I think, a good idea. Um, hundred percent. All right. So my time. It's my time now. Uh. Penn State, Ohio State. Um, listen, Penn State fought with these guys for the entire game until like the final eight minutes. Penn State takes the lead, and then Ohio State goes right down the field and scores. And then Penn State throws a pick six, and then it's over. So it's again, it's one of those things where there is still a talent gap between Penn State and Ohio State. Um, I left that game disappointed, obviously, because you had a shot there at the end. But I, I just, again, uh, anytime you lose, you're you're gonna have people that are gonna complain about different things. Um, listen, there were four turnovers by the offense, which obviously you can't do against Ohio State. All of them uh, accredited to Sean Clifford. But again, if you actually watch some of the things, I think two of them. Two of them weren't his fault. One was a tip pass. Um, the other one was he was uh, an offensive lineman, got absolutely destroyed right into him. Uh, he did his two picks, though, that he threw. Um, the one, the last one, I mean, you got to see that your offensive lineman gets blown up and is on the ground and that you cannot throw an out route because you, a defensive lineman is literally right in your face. Um, can't happen. Uh, again, we got the fire Franklin people, which, hey, that's that's fine. Whatever. Um, I still disagree with you for right now. Um, but in three years, if you're not over the Ohio State hump or you're not, you know, if you take a step back and you're only a nine-win team or, you know, if, if this is our if this is our ceiling and we can't beat Ohio State, maybe in three years you want to have that conversation for a divorce. But not, again, I don't think right now. Um, before the beginning of the year, Jay, I, I think I said on this podcast, I said if Penn State can finish 9-3, and three, I think that is a good year because there are a lot of young guys on this team that are contributing. Um, you know, I, there's only three seniors on offense, one of them being Sean Clifford, and they believe that – the savior is waiting in the wings. Um, and on defense, you're going to lose Joey Porter to the NFL draft. You're going to lose Tig Brown at safety, and you're going to lose PJ Mustafer up front. Other than that, you have the rest of this team back. So next year, you need to take a step forward. You got to get to 11 wins. You have to. Um, yeah. 10 or 11. But right now, like people are freaking out like, guys. Again, at the beginning of the year with this roster, if I said, hey, you have a shot to go 10-2. and two. And listen, you still got to beat Indiana in sleepy Bloomington. You still got a, a Maryland team that is hungry and good right now. You got Rutgers, who defensively is going to give you a little bit of trouble. but And then you have Michigan State, which no one knows what's going on right there. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you still have to win out. But if, God, guys, if, if we win 10-2, and two, 
How can you not say Franklin did a good job this year? How? Because he there's <laughs> there were because you you dissect a couple plays in in the Ohio State game, which they honestly they Jimmy and Joe does like honestly Ohio State had a couple third down at the end of the game where again Penn State did play softer coverage, which I don't know why, but um, they took advantage of some slants. But Penn State made them earn that. So, oh, Ohio State earns a tough victory in a hostile environment. Listen, we were worried that people weren't going to show up to this game uh, or, or at least be there, but like kind of have a hangover after the whiteout or, you know, vibes were a little down because it's already anticipated you're going to lose to Ohio State. But, man, that place was – it was probably the loudest Penn State noon game I've ever been to. And last year against Michigan, it was really loud. So, yeah. Penn State fans brought it. Um, again, uh, loss sucks. Every loss sucks. But if you run the table here and win out, go to the, if you can get to an Orange Bowl, like that is huge for these young guys. Yeah. It's huge yeah, for this program. And, and Penn State has a real good chance to, you know, it's not like they're sitting below 500 right now. I mean, yeah. six and two, two losses are to the best two teams in your division who are, are likely going to be playing for a playoff spot whenever they meet later in the year. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any shame uh, in, in, in the losses that, that Penn State's yeah. taken. You know, obviously you would have liked to keep that Michigan game closer, but yeah. uh, it, it's there's still a lot of season ahead of Penn State and a lot to play for. You can still get to a New Year's Six Bowl. So, yeah. you know, if I'm a Penn State fan, I, I – I'm not pushing the panic no. button on, no. on James Franklin, given but, what you still have an opportunity to play for. Yeah. yeah. Before we go to the cocktail party, there, there was, um, there was a play that I've seen a lot of people say, like, why would he do that? And, and this is what, this is what I think or t- two actually one was not taking the points um, late in the game. I do think that was a mistake, but listen, Jake Penninger is a shaky kicker. It was probably about a 50, 50 chances, probably a 40, three yarder okay on the hash so you're thinking like okay um it's a 43 42 yard field goal he's about gonna be 50 50 on that it's fourth and two we probably have a 50 50 chance to make this what if the if it's the same amount we might as well go for it and i honestly believe that was their thought process because again pinnegar missed thank god for a false start because Pinnegar would have missed a field goal earlier in the game. Um, and then the other one was, Jay, and uh, Jay, I want your thoughts about it. I know you probably didn't watch the game, but it was like four, three and a half, four minutes to go. Penn State's down. I, I want to say Penn State's down by eight, I want to say. And now it's probably more than that. It's probably like four and a half. Any, anyway, it was like four and a half, maybe it was five minutes left. And Penn State calls a timeout. Ohio State throws an incomplete pass. And then it's third and like six or six. It was third and mid. And Franklin calls a timeout. And you ha- you know, I saw, again, people on the internet saying, well, why the hell would he call a timeout? The clock is stopped. I believe, looking and looking at the body language, that's a key third down. They came out in something, and they didn't like their call, so they called the timeout to not line up, 
but to make sure they had the right call. And I believe the next play, if I can remember correctly, and if I'm wrong, um, I'm sorry, but I believe the next play, they sent a linebacker blitz, and it just went over his fingertips. And then you had a defensive lineman, like, back into coverage to try and take away a slant. So the ball split two Penn State defenders and was complete. And like, it's just one of those plays where you're like, how in the world are they keep getting these third downs? But made them earn it. Um, again, they, they lost by 13, and they were up by 20 at one point in the fourth after being – after um, or Ohio State was up by 20 at one point in the fourth after being down by four or three. And, you know, it's just – listen, they – they took advantage of matchups late. Um, I'm okay. Just win out, please, for the love of God. Win out, go <laughs> ten and two, and I will be very happy with Penn State this season with with the people they have on the roster. Um, but yeah. let's get let's get down to Jacksonville, the world's the largest world's largest outdoor, outdoor cocktail, cocktail party. party, which it's probably is it the best? Is it the best? game name in college football i like uh it's definitely top it's on the mount rushmore yeah. uh so world's largest outdoor cocktail party clean old-fashioned hate 100 miles of hate uh i like both What's of 100 those. miles of hate that's uh western kentucky middle tennessee so our buddies in uh, the group of five our guys in the group of five. Uh, good old-fashioned but, hate's a good one yeah Deep South's uh, old, right? really like old rivalry is good. That, that's a good one. Um, but Red I River think Shootout Bedlam, was good. Red River Shootout. It's, yeah. Bedlam. Bedlam's a good one. Bedlam's a good one. Red River Shootout. Um, but yeah, World's Largest Outdoor Cocktail Party. Uh, actually, I just did a TikTok about this one, Jay. Um, I don't know if you saw, but it was got its name from a guy, a, a, a journalist from the 50s, who saw a Florida fan trying to give a beer to a police officer in the parking lot. That's how it all started. Um, Love that. So first, um, rest in peace, legendary Georgia coach Vince Dooley. Um, listen, Georgia dominated this football game, and then Florida has, like, the best six minutes of football they could possibly play to get this game to eight. And then Georgia was like, oh, wait, wait a second. We're Georgia. And then they stomped them the rest of the time. Um I mean, Georgia's just a better football team in literally every facet of the game. You know, and you know, Stetson Bennett, he's he's get he got time, man. He's got time and and that Georgia defensive line is just it just penetrates other bullies other offensive lines. Like Anthony Richardson was in distress the entire game. Um but no, Georgia's really good. Georgia's really good. I mean, we knew that going in, and I mean, they they executed. They gave they gave Florida just a little bit of hope, just to to bring a little bit, down on a them. little bit. Yeah. No, hang on, Jay. I see a lot of people saying this, and I want I want your opinion. Should the world's largest outdoor cocktail party should it be a home and home? This is one I'm on the fence of. It's one of the very few games that I don't absolutely hate that it's played yeah. uh, at a neutral site. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if these fan bases would survive each other home and home. <laughs> like they do not I like just, each other. No, they don't. And like I like the neutral site because I feel again the the cocktail party part. Again, 
college football is a giant party. Yeah. Like in the parking lots. Like it it is not like it's not like the NFL. It, it's a party, and I feel like being at a neutral site, it gives that big party feel. I I I just don't think it would be like every other home game. Garana, it'll be it'll give you another big home game for the year, which is nice. But I just feel like the mixture of the two programs in a neutral field or a neutral site, again, having that giant party in the parking lot. I just feel like, I I just feel like this is better neutral site. Again, I'm a traditionalist, but I just feel like that's what's for the best for this team. For this. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I get the home and home aspect of it, but this is one that I'm, I'm not mad at it being a neutral site. Yeah. No, absolutely. Oh, also Georgia or Georgia fans. I, I have to, I have to get, I have to look something up quick. Okay. Cause I was going to do this beforehand, but um, Georgia fans t- like screaming about to Florida. We dominate you. This isn't even a rivalry anymore. Like, wasn't it like less than 10 years ago, Florida was dominating this rivalry. Time is a flat circle. Just be careful. Like exactly. Like, it's just like Penn State fans talking about Michigan. Like, oh my God, we can't beat Michigan. Like, dude, two years ago we were three out of we we beat them three out of four years. Like, like, like relax. Like it's okay. Uh, let's look here. Oh my God, I forget how many times they played each other. Okay, so 2017. So Florida's only beaten them once since 2017. And then in 2000 and dude, look at this. Okay. I have a question for you. Okay. Since let's go from 2000. Okay. 2000 to 2016. Okay. All right. 2000 to 2016. So that's 16 years. How many times did Georgia beat Florida in the time frame? Just a guess. Yeah. 2000 to 2016. I'll say. I'll say nine. You'll say nine. That's a very good guess, Jay. Very good guess. Five. Five times. Like, again. Uh, Sorry, I was guessing how many times did Florida beat Georgia? Oh, okay. So, wait, 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 hold up a second. Then, if my math serves me correctly. Wait. Hey, I was right. You were right. You were right. Look at that. Good job, Jay. There you go. Good job, Jay. Five, seven, seven, eight, nine. No, it'd be eleven. It'd be eleven. Math is math math is hard, everybody. Um, It's like it's like you you were too bad at math. You were too off. So okay, so you're saying Florida (laughs) beat. So you're saying Florida beat Georgia. So yeah, Florida beat Georgia eleven times in that time frame. There you go. So I was too off. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, again, people, everyone lives in the now. Everyone <clears throat> lives in what have you and, done? And in all time, lately? it's 55 44. So, well, no, depending on who you ask. Oh, uh, that's true. Because Florida says it's only 54. If Georgia fans, or sorry, Florida fans say it's 54 40, 54 44 right now. Georgia fans say it's 55 44. The 1904 game. Yeah, some someone believes it. Uh, Florida believes it didn't exist. I don't. I don't know. 
I, I don't know. I could not find why there's a, such a discrepancy. It was played uh, in Macon, Georgia, according to yes, to the Wikipedia here. Yeah, but like my thing is with all these Georgia fans, like yeah, it's not even a rivalry anymore. Like we dominate you, dude. Okay, like since 2017, you're right. Florida's only beat you once. Okay, so they've beaten you. Once out of the six times, or in the last six years, once in six, once in the last six years, but before that, if you go to two thousand, like Florida dominated the rivalry. So, like again, it it's gonna come back. It, hopefully, for your sake, Florida, it's gonna come back around again. I I don't know. I just feel like people are just so. Okay. Take the emotion. Take the emotion out of it, people. So here, here's the story behind the 1904 game. All right. Uh, the University of Georgia's athletic department considers the 52-0 victory in 1904 against a school known as the University of Florida to be part of the series. However, this is not the modern University of Florida in Gainesville, but one of four predecessor institutions, a school based in Lake City, that was known as the Florida Agricultural College before 1903. Florida's University Athletic Association does not include this game in the series as it occurred before the modern university was established by the Florida legislator, legislature with the Buckman Act of 1905 and before the new school in Gainesville fielded its first football team in 1906. So Florida has a case. UGA Sports Historian sums up Georgia's attitude. That Florida was back then. We can't help it if they got run out of Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Oh, man. That's I love college great. football. I Exactly. That, that right there. That is, is – that's awesome. No, that – it's not our – hey, it's not our fault. That's where Florida was. Uh, so, yeah, Florida, Florida has a point. Florida has a point of not counting that game. Yeah, there's actually a pretty good argument for that one. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was more petty, but it's Georgia, really petty on Georgia's it, part, it honestly. It is really petty. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. I love that. Um, all right. Uh, Jay, let's move on to you, man. Uh, Ole Miss Less at laughing. Texas a uh, So, Tele 2 tapes, uh, the defense, uh, which has kept the AM in games, struggled mightily against the run while the offense uh, looked a lot better than they have so far this season. A lot of true freshman contributors is something at least A&M can look forward to. Uh, Connor Wegman obviously looked great under center. I think he's looked the best out of uh, the three quarterbacks that we've seen so far this year for A&M. And then you have Evan Stewart at wide receiver, true freshman, great game. Uh, He had a one-handed catch that was just uh, eye-popping. Uh, goes up with the left hand and just jumps and, and brings it down. Incredible. Uh, Donovan Green at tight end, another major factor as a true freshman. Uh, Noah Thomas uh, is a, is a big-bodied wide receiver as a true freshman who got his first touchdown, I think first touchdown of the year, uh, but he looks very, very good as well. Uh, you know, obviously, Devon Asian is still the, the key to this Texas A&M offense, and uh, I, I won't be surprised to see him leave after this year, but you really have to be impressed uh, with what the true freshmen have, have, have done on the offense. Uh, and if there is a little piece of hope, 
in this season, it's the fact that those true freshmen are are all looking pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, listen, that's that recruiting class. I know, yeah. and I know Texas A&M fans, and you hear it more than me, but like, I feel like they're like, oh, you brought in these all these recruits, you know, like, why aren't we winning games? Well, dude, they, they got to develop. Yeah. Like, they, they're going to be there in pieces, man. Wagman now, looks, you, Wagman can, looks you can, great. And you can make the argument that the team still should be better, yes. uh, especially along the offensive line. Yes. Uh, and then, again, defensively, uh, you know, I didn't think the defensive line was that bad, but DJ Durkin was in a 4-1-6 for a lot of the game. One linebacker making run fits. Wow. Which, I mean, I, I don't how know. Much you did, would, how, how much did A-Chain how did A do with that? He he, uh, he looked good from what I saw, but I don't know his stats. Uh, a chain did fine. Uh, yeah. Durkin's the the defensive coordinator at A oh. and M now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you're uh, well, good. Okay, but no, this okay. So this actually makes this actually makes sense because what I'm about to say next, Judkins went absolutely wild. Yeah, he ran for over 200 yards. So if you have one linebacker make run fits, like obviously that's not going to work with with. Uh, with Ole Miss, with Judkins. Yeah, and, and they like were walking, beast. they were walking secondary uh, players up into the box, but it's still not the same. No, uh, your your secondary guys aren't going to be able to shed blocks and and fit off the the hips of defensive linemen uh, like a linebacker can. So I, I wasn't really a fan of the game plan that that Durkin came in with, uh, and I, I really expected more from him given the fact that this is an offense that he saw last year. He was just there. You would think he would have something a little bit better up his sleeve. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, it was A&M. And honestly, A&M did a decent job of stopping the run on first and second down. Right. It was on third down where, where they seemed to struggle. Even in, like, third and long situations, Ole Miss would go to the run. And it's almost like A&M is, is selling out to rush the passer. And, you know, your defensive line's getting upfield thinking they're rushing the passer that creates creases and the linebacker's not able to fit because right. of those, those creases, especially with one linebacker back there fitting. So right. it, it's, it was something that was a little bit frustrating, but I mean, I'm, I'm the season was kind of a wash at this point anyway, uh, after you get to three and four with a, with a loss to, to Appalachian state, uh, yeah. you're, you're kind of building for the future at this stage, no matter what. So it, it was at least nice to see uh, the, the true freshman on the offensive side of the ball be, uh, very productive. No, yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, Judkins from Ole Miss ran all over them. Um, who's a freshman? That he looks good. Um, and but I'd say what A and M, a lot of those young guys looked really good. Um, Wegman, I think that that's your future right there. I thought he looked cool, cool and calm. Uh, Texas A and tough game. Uh, played him tough. Uh, listen, I, I I I'm still not buying Ole Miss. I'm just not. But. Um, th- that's a that's a hard fought victory in a place that's very tough to play. Kyle Field is one of the toughest places to play in college football. So, um, yeah, it seemed like a seemed like a good game. Uh, Ole Miss continues to build their resume. Texas A and M. Hopefully, they get it t- together for next week against Florida. Two teams that are desperately going to need a win. Um, we're going to stay in the SEC. Kentucky at Tennessee. We were both wrong here. Very, like, very wrong. Like, really wrong. And I think both of us said, you know, hey, Ted, Kentucky, good defense. If they stop Tennessee a little bit, Tennessee's defense is bad. Uh, their pass defense is bad. Uh, Will Levis, 
for sure with that big rocket arm of his is going to be able to uh, pick, you know, get some spots and uh, have success against Tennessee. And no, we were very wrong. Will Levis threw for 90 yards. I believe he had three picks as well. Um, Listen, Kentucky's grounded pound type style and then only relying on Will Levis handedly did not work against Tennessee. Tennessee blew them out. Um, I also think that a bye week after a big win eliminates the hangover game. Well, they did have Tennessee Martin there in between, but I mean, you, you Tennessee? maybe count. Yeah, Tennessee played UT Martin last week. They didn't uh, have a bye? I don't think so. I thought they were coming off a Could bye. Be wrong. They, they played. Uh, math's wrong, but they did play UT Martin. It was their most yeah. recent. So they had a gap between uh, Alabama and Kentucky uh, oh, where they okay. played a yes. game. Oh, okay. Man, I'm all over the place today. I swear no they're coming up. I was thought, I swear <laughs> that. But no, I maybe think, that I again. The, I think they had the bye between LSU and Alabama. I could be wrong. Okay. Though. Okay. Um, well, that's not good because I wrote a blog today. Um that came out today talking about Tennessee coming off of a bye. And well, uh, you know, you're just counting, you're counting an FCS opponent as a bye. I was counting UT Martin. And you know what? That's what I'm going to say. When they asked, no disrespect to UT Martin. That was satirical. It was all satirical. I meant to do that. I meant to do that. Um, But I I think having UT Martin there again, not calling UT Martin a bye week, um, but they're kind of a bye week. Um, I think that kind of rice, that kind of, gets you back in that mindset. It's the no, it's, it's not a hangover game. You cannot have a hangover game against UT Martin. So you get things well, you get adjusted and then, okay, now we're back and ready for tech Kentucky. So, but yeah. And also, can we stop? I, it's gotta be over with the, the Will Levis first round draft pick hype. It's gotta be over. Right, it'll never be over. Draft because guys don't his, listen to what we say <laughs> because his arm is just so. I'm telling you, the Cleveland Browns are going to draft Will Levis, and they are going to be so disappointed. Like, listen, I am a I have defended Sean Clifford on this podcast multiple times. Okay, and I never say Sean Clifford is a great quarterback. I say he's 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 fine. He's okay. Okay, he's an okay, good-ish quarterback. Okay, and he and Will Levis couldn't beat him out. But then Will Levis goes to a school where he doesn't have to throw the ball thirty times a game, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, look at this guy! He looks like Troy Troy Aikman. He's tall. He has a rocket arm." And like these draft analysis dudes are slobbing all over him, and it's just it's just not there. It's not. Like, it's not. And, like, yeah, I've handed Hooker, who's, I believe, the same age as him. I mean, he's he's an old guy, too. He's 24. And Hendon Hooker just looks so much more dynamic. I think Hendon Hooker has a little bit more weapons uh, in the receiving game. But, I mean, I'm just sorry. With a Will Levis, who I like, again, I can't say it's enough. I like Will Levis as a person. I think he is a warrior football player who's going to lower his shoulder and run over dudes. But, like, man, 
He's just he's just not going to make it in the NFL. He's just not. It's not happening. He's not that good. He's a. I I, I put him in the middle pack of the SEC, and I think I think I take Spencer Rattler over him. I don't know that I'd go that far, but I I, uh, I you know don't what think I'm he's. Saying, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The hype. It's it's yeah. a shame too. It's a shame because he's a good like he's he's a tough guy like he's a tough quarterback but it just i don't know it's just not there for me i'm sorry yeah tennessee very good though tennessee very good ah i hate it i hate that they're good <laughs> well i hate i, I hate sure we'll that they're so good the preview, but uh it, listen, it'll be a fun one after listen here's the thing after 12 years of telling me that this is the year you know like uh, the clock's right you know twice a day like yeah. you were, it was bound to happen. You were going to break through. So enjoy it, Tennessee fans. Enjoy it, you toothless, spineless, cowardice hillbillies, because it's not going to last forever. But enjoy it now, Tennessee fans. Jake doesn't speak for me. I think you're fine people. Jay's too nice. All right, <laughs> Tunnel Gate Part Two. Michigan State at Michigan for Paul Bunyan. Oh, my. Um, do you want to talk about the game first? Let's talk about the game first. Okay. Um, Michigan State takes an early 7-3 lead, and I'm sitting there on my couch, and I'm thinking, is Michigan, did Michigan State figure this out? Is Michigan – is this going to happen again? And I, I, And I don't care what any Michigan fan is saying. You thought the same thing. Every single Michigan fan who watched this game when Michigan State took that early lead, you all thought, oh, my God, it's happening again. It's happening again. This, like, what is, what voodoo magic does Mel Tucker and the Michigan State Spartans have over us? And then Michigan, you guys did what Michigan has been doing to everybody. It's not flashy. It's it, it's it's a little boring. Uh, most people think it's boring. I don't. But it is big boy football. They're just going to move you around up front, and that's what they did. And listen, Michigan State's defense, their pass defense is terrible. I thought J.J. McCarthy, they would like allow him to throw the ball a little bit more to kind of get him ready for the next week for when he does have to throw the ball, you know, 25, 30 times a game. And they just ran it with Blake Corum, who – I think Blake Blake Corm is the best back in the Big Ten. I don't I still know think if you that's... can make an argument for Mo Ibrahim, but I mean, I, I it's hard not to be impressed for Blake Corm. I I again, I'm not saying anything wrong with Mo Ibrahim, but I would take Blake Corm over Ibrahim. It's just I think Blake Corm just sheds more tackles. Although maybe it's because it maybe he just looks better because his offensive line's better, but I don't know. I, I think I like Blake Corm more. Um, uh, and then the tunnel, the tunnel. Um, so here are my thoughts. Okay. Um, first I jumped the gun a bit cause I thought, you know, why is that Michigan player, um, German, German, German. Anyway, why is he going into the locker room? when Michigan State is going there. Like, that's not good. 
Like, why were you doing that? And then I kind of saw that he was getting medical treatment. Like, he goes in the locker room before the rest of the team just to get checked out. And then during that, I guess some words were said, and a couple of Michigan State players beat him up. And not only with pushing and punches, but there was a helmet involved. And that is what's inexcusable in the whole mess. Like that right okay. there, when you use your helmet as a weapon, that is inexcusable. That, that it not, I mean, I don't know. I know a bunch, like four guys are suspended. I don't know how long. I don't know. When. I think indefinitely was the official announcement. Like for the rest of the year? I don't think they, like they haven't decided exactly what they're going to do yet. Suspend them probably until because they're he's pressing charges. That Michigan players, yeah. they're they're pressing charges, and honestly, he should because a, a, a listen a helmet was involved as a weapon off the again you shouldn't you do that on the field whipping a helmet at someone like in a brawl like we've seen happen that's not right but like you did it off the field in a tunnel like that's wrong um again um if this was just a pushing shoving maybe a punch was thrown that's like an okay that's not good but it it's happened before here because the again these tunnels are or these locker rooms are right next to each other and it's not the tunnel's fault but again this James Fra- again don't want to bring my team into this but like James Franklin was asked about the tunnel situation and he said they need to have something in place so when one team goes in there's security so the other team does not follow them and that's what happened that's what yeah. happened at Penn State that's what happened the last Saturday and there was jawing back and forth. And then a, a guy from Michigan goes in for medical treatment. Let's be honest, was probably chirping. All right. And got his ass kicked. Um, but I'm just saying, everyone called James Franklin. Oh, he's a whiner. He's complaining about this. He's taking focus off of his team. And no, he was asked a question. And he said they should have a protocol in place. And then it's funny because during that game they had a protocol in place, and stuff still happened. Well, also, let's, let's, yeah. let's clear the air. Like we're not saying that what the Michigan State guys did was excusable. It's not. No, absolutely. Like not. what what happened was inexcusable. Uh, those guys deserve to be suspended and deserve yeah. to be suspended for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, we're just saying that, you know. There can be more steps taken at Michigan to prevent something like this from happening yep. again. Yep. Uh, you know what? And here's the thing. And I don't think anyone's talking. I don't think anyone has mentioned this before. But listen, I don't know. Listen, college football has some wonky rules the way it is and has bended rules for certain teams for things. Okay. Why don't you add four extra minutes to halftime at Michigan Stadium? You add four extra minutes to halftime, so one team gets all the way in their locker room, so Michigan doesn't have to worry about missing time in their locker room, and then you let the and then Michigan goes in, and now after that, 
no one misses their 20 minutes in the locker room. Yeah. Be, I, I think that's a good one. Uh, also, Michigan Radio, um, I, I had reports. I did not hear this myself, but I had reports from people listening to Michigan Radio that during halftime, Michigan Radio made a comment of, oh, make sure you get the security out there. You don't want to upset James Franklin. Well, Michigan, just saying, James Franklin yep. is wrong about a lot of things, and yes, he sometimes is um, rubs people the wrong way, but I'm sorry, James Franklin was right about this because they couldn't get, uh, looking at how this is now, again, Penn State most likely chirping, which we said, bad, not good, I said embarrassing, but they weren't all the way in their locker room yet, and Michigan was coming into theirs. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Come on. Let's use our brains. Um, also, Jay, what do you think about Michigan calling trick plays uh, with two minutes to go up three scores? I'm not a fan of that, but <laughs> what are you going to do? It's your job as a defense to stop them. I know. It's just another thing in the rivalry. Um, yeah. Also, I'm not a fan of Blake Corum calling out Mel Tucker. Uh, Blake Corum, after the game, said everyone who bought those Tuck Tuck Cubbin shirts better get rid of them because Tuck ain't coming. I don't like that. I do not like that. I like it. Uh, you know, I, I like I, it. I, I don't. Yeah, I like first the storylines, but it's kind of like a, you know, it's just not a great look. No, it's not, man. And like, I don't know. It's like some like when Penn State guys do something stupid. I'm like, oh, why would you say that? You know. And like, and I, again, I hope I don't think a Penn State guy would actually do that. And I'm happy about that. But man, like that's not a good look. And like honestly, I I don't know if I don't know if Harbaugh cares or not. You know, yeah. Harbaugh might say just screw them. I don't give a. I don't really don't care. Screw them yeah. um, if they keep winning. But the thing is, Michigan fans, I'm going to tell you this: you have had two very good years, two of the best teams. I've. I, I'm going to be honest. These last two years for Michigan this year and last year, two of maybe the best teams I've ever seen in Michigan history. And just. Remember how you treat people right now because possibly next year, probably the year after, and probably the year after that. I'm just saying, when you have to, when you're in rebuild mode, all of these people that you've uh, slighted are going to remember. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Remember this. Um, other notable games. Uh, if you missed it, uh, Mountain the Mountain Best, San Diego State Fresno State game. Aztecs leading twenty eight seventeen with under four minutes to go. Score and get the onside kick, and then score in the very next play to win. Uh, Fresno State beating San Diego State thirty two twenty eight. That was wild, absolutely Crazy. wild for the night for the nightcap. Um, also, Illinois continues to impress, uh, beating Nebraska twenty-one to nine. Mizzou, Mizzou, beat South, uh, uh, Mizzou beats South Carolina yeah. 
puts the magical every time a team's ranked 25th, 24th. It always seems like they lose the next week. Um, and all I want to know, and I, I didn't look at the polls, but what middle of the road SEC team are they going to throw in now? No offense, Jay. Um, <laughs> but what middle of the road team are they going to throw in now? Because up oh, South Carolina is out. We better slip in another SEC team. Do you, uh, you want to know who? Uh, who was who it? The number twenty-five is now. Who? Central Florida. How many losses do they have? Two. They just beat Cincinnati. I know. Oregon State sneaking in at twenty-four. Liberty at twenty-three. Who's the first? Who's the first couple receiving votes? Can you can you see that? That is Texas with fifty-eight. Kentucky with fifty-seven. Maryland with thirty-six. Cincy with thirty-two. And Notre Dame with twenty-four. Texas should be in there. It should be Texas or Maryland. Yes, Maryland. I'm saying, I'm saying it. The Terp should be ranked. God, I can't believe that I'm advocating for those people. But the Terp should be ranked. Rank, rank Maryland, cowards. They're doing it with a backup quarterback right now. Rank Maryland. Okay, I'm done talking about that. Um. UConn beats BC. We were very, very wrong about the Boston College. I think I think I beat the Boston College drum more than you did, but yeah. it's yeah, not not the best. Not good. Boston College beats or sorry, UConn beats Boston College. The Huskies are looking like a football team. Not a good one. They're not looking like a good one, but they're looking like a football team. Things it's are improvement. going in the right direction. Uh, yes, FIU. Shout out to FIU. They have a, yeah. a chance, a fighting chance at bowl eligibility now. Uh, playing better than they have been in recent memory. And then uh, Kansas State just absolutely murdered the Pokes. Without Adrian, Mar- without Adrian Martinez. Crazy. Maybe, you know, maybe uh, maybe Gundy commented good, on the though. injury thing. Will Howard is good. <laughs> like, that's yeah, the thing. Like, Will, Will Howard isn't, isn't a slouch by any stretch. But, like, this is maybe one of the worst – Losses I've ever seen with Oklahoma State. No kidding. Uh, but yeah, hey, Kansas State. How Kansas good is State. Tulane? <laughs> Tulane really good. Yeah, my yeah. my green wave. Tulane, my green wave. Uh, doing really well this year. Good for them. They deserve it. Um, but dude, that Oklahoma State game, man. That Spencer. They did lose Spencer Sanders. Like I think in the third quarter, and Gundy's son. Was it Gundy's son? Gunner uh, Gundy? I'm not sure. Was is Gunner was his name Gunner Gundy? No. That can't be. I him. don't know. I didn't I didn't watch this one, so I just Gundy I saw uh, it from the stands. I just remember Gundy Gunner. Quarterback for Gunnar. Yeah, Gunnar Gundy. Gunnar. Gunner, Gun, it's Gunner. Gunnar. Gunnar Gundy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is his son. It is his son. I I don't know if I was making up the Gunner part, or if I was like, wait, is that his son's name, or does he just look like someone who would name his son Gunner? Um, yeah, this is probably one of the worst defeats. It, like we've been saying, Oklahoma State, good football team, very balanced, but like they couldn't do anything. Like it was really no. embarrassing. Um, but okay, let's go to our week ten 
Can you believe it's week 10? Crazy. Week 10 already. Um, Jay, do you know what's back? Maction is magic. Yes. Maction. Maction is back. Tuesday, Ball State at Kent State, Buffalo at Ohio. And then on Wednesday, Central Michigan at Northern Illinois, Western Michigan at Bowling Green. Maction midday, mid sorry midweek midweek Maction is back. That takes us to Thursday, and Fun Belt. We have Fun Belt Thursday. Fun Belt Thursday. App State at Coastal. One one of the newer rivalries in college football. Coastal a is lot of a fun. yeah. Coastal is a one point dog here, and you know what? I think I like the shots. I think I like the shot to clears. I really do. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one regardless. I, I think that's gonna be one that everybody should tune into. Absolutely. I mean, what are you gonna watch? The NFL? Hell with that, man. Watch watch the well, I'm telling you, you'll have more fun watching App State at Coastal Carolina than you would whatever the NFL is gonna try and make you purchase on Amazon. Watch the fun belt. App State at Coastal, and I am going to bet on that game. I'm going to bet Coastal plus one right there. There you go. There uh, Friday, Pac-12 after dark, Oregon State at Washington. Yeah, Huskies. Minus, our Huskies are a four-point favorite at home. I'm gonna. I'm not going to bet this one. I'm not going to bet it, but you know I'm rooting for the Beavers. All yeah. right, Beaver, fe- Beaver Fever is among us. Um, uh, I, I I am going to be rooting for Oregon State there. Uh, Saturday, we start off with Air Force uh, Army in Choctaw Stadium. So that's the old ballpark in Arlington uh, yeah. where the Rangers used to play before they moved into the new one. Uh, it's okay. where the Dallas Major League Rugby team, the Jackals, play oh. and where the uh, Renegades played uh, in the XFL and will play again with the yeah, XFL returning in 2023. Now, so. Jay, I have a question for you. This is in Texas. This so, is in your home, your home state. Uh, the thing with the military schools is that they use these as recruiting events. Okay. Uh, and with this being in Texas, uh, Texas, I think, and don't quote me on this. I'm not supporting it one way or the other. Uh, I think Texas puts more people into the military uh, than any other state. Oh, but, well. That was just surprise, surprise. Come right. on, you you just uh, you just you just wanted to thump your chest for Texas. No, I, I do think that's why they're playing the game in Texas, there. though. That makes sense. just because it's it's a big recruiting base for. Them. I, I was I was gonna say I don't mind that this is a neutral site because yeah, I feel no. like a lot of Texas obviously Army Navy is the bigger one for it, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think Air, like when Air Force and and Army and. Air Force and Navy play. I don't mind those being neutral side games just because of the recruiting aspect of it. No. Now I I uh I agree with you. I'm 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 with you on that one. This is a neutral site that I'm okay with. Um yeah. let's look oh also I don't know what the under is there, but take it. You got yeah. it. <laughs> take the under. I don't care what it is, take the under. I did not I gotta I should probably bet that right now. Um all right, here we go. Uh the Saturday slate, Texas. At Kansas State, Kansas State, a one-point favorite. I think Texas wins. 
I'm going to probably take Longhorns here. Kansas State coming off a huge win against Oklahoma State. Everyone sees that and it's like, oh my god, uh, why are they, why are they an underdog here at home? Texas kind of being forgotten about a little bit, not ranked. Uh, I like Texas and the Longhorns in this one, and I hate that I like it, but I do. A uh, little Apple's tough place to play uh, for anybody. Yes. Uh, so I mean, I, I would still probably take Kansas State, but I, I'm not betting that one. Uh, Next up, Baylor at Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's minus three and a half. Uh, you know, Baylor handled Texas Tech pretty well in Texas Tech. That's a, that's a good one for that program. Kind of righted the ship a little bit. Uh, I just still think that OU with Dylan Gabriel's just got a little more talent. Same. I like, I like OU as well. I like OU in that game. Kentucky at Mizzou. Mizzou's got a little momentum. I I think I like Mizzou. I want to see what this I want to see what this line does. Yeah. I want to see what this line does. But right now, right now I think I like Mizzou. I really do. I think a lot of people are still like Tennessee's very good, Kentucky bounces back, but I think Mizzou I I think I'm telling you. And I hate drink wits. I, I really don't like that rugrat-looking man. But <laughs> Kentucky, I, 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 think, I think Mizzou has a shot here. We'll see. Uh, next game is the one that we will both be at. Yes. Florida at Texas A&M. Uh, Kyle Field, A&M's a minus three-and-a-half favorite right now. Uh, I mean, I don't like betting on my own team personally. But you shouldn't do it. I, uh, I do like the way the offense has trended, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think – listen, I, I like a bunch of those young guys that take Texas a I mean, come on. Who would I be to say I'm betting on Florida before going to A&M? Um, I, I like A&M in this matchup. I really do. Honestly, I do. Um, and I hope they win. I'd love to uh, do all the cult-like things after a Texas A&M win while everyone's <laughs> happy. Because if you lose, I don't know, I might get sacrificed or something. Yeah, I don't think we'll sacrifice you. We may uh, we may find someone else, though. We'll okay. have to sub somebody in. Uh, Syracuse at Pitt. Uh, Pitt minus three. I like Syracuse. I, I hate that. I think Pitt's going to win. Oh, I hate it. I'm not bad. I'm not going to bet on this based on principle. But I think Pitt wins this football game. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee at Georgia, uh, one versus two. I don't know how you can't be excited about this one. This should be a lot of fun. Uh, minus eight and a half is a lot of points for a one versus two matchup. Uh, I think Georgia wins. I think it's a close one. Georgia covers. There you go. Georgia wins, uh, by, Georgia wins by 13. <laughs> okay. And then, that- and then the dream, the dream is over. I think it's a nightmare for you. Uh, I just want to wake up from it. I need Georgia to win so I can wake up from this nightmare. I can't take that this team is good. Another Uh, team that is surprisingly good this year, uh, Texas Tech at TCU. The Horned Frogs uh, still fighting to stay undefeated and atop the Big 12 standings keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, Horned Frogs minus 9.5 at home in Fort Worth. 
That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points, a but lot uh, of points. TCU's kind of been playing games close. I don't know. It's at home, though, so I'll take the Horned Frogs. Cover. To cover? Yes. I think I'd take the Horned Frogs, too, to cover. I, I'm not sold on it yet. I, I'm not pulling the trigger on this one, but uh, this is one to look for. Uh, I think I like it. Okay. Uh, next up, Alabama at LSU. Night game in Death Valley for the Tide. Uh, Death Valley on Saturday night. You can believe that place is going to be jumping. Yes, Alabama is a better team. The environment of that one will keep LSU in this game as long as they don't just go down uh, by an insurmountable amount early. And even if they do, uh, LSU just went down 17-3 to Ole Miss and, and came back to win that game. Uh, and the, the crowd was still jumping there. So uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, I like LSU to cover. Yeah, um, I, I just love that they – they moved LSU all the way up to like 14 in the polls just so Alabama can get a nice little win there. Uh, love love how the polls do that. They just so happen to do that for these SEC teams. No offense, Jay. Um, <laughs> anyway. Notre Dame. Uh, Notre no, Dame wins. Uh, wait, wait, one second. I think Bama wins here, and I think I want to say they're going to cover, but I'm not sure. It's not I'm in not sure. Valley. I know it's in Death Valley, but listen, Bama's killed them in Death Valley before. That's true. So I don't know. Um, I think I'll take Bama to cover, but I'm I'm not I'm not confident about it. Clemson at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a plus three and a half at home. I tell you what, I hate that. Like I hate that all I, I that I all the teams that I root against. Like I'm picking. Well, no, sorry, I didn't. I didn't pick Tennessee, but. I think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame covers. Yeah, you heard me. I said Notre yeah. Dame wins outright. You think Notre Dame wins? Outright, I think they might too. This I think they might this too. is when TCU has a chance to really get themselves into the playoff conversation. Yeah. Now, I'm a, yeah, I I think I think Notre Dame covers here. I, I'm going to take Notre Dame to cover, but um, this is a game where you might want to sprinkle a little money line on. Sprinkle. Um, Houston, group of five action. Houston at SMU, SMU minus two. How is this? Like, no, no, I understand why, because SMU is playing way better football than Houston. But, like, again, Dana Holgerson is not a great head coach. I don't think he is. There is no way his team at this point in the season should be a, a, a two-point dog to SMU. No way. No, no way. Um, I like Mustangs again, I, and I, I don't like I don't like SMU, but uh, I'm taking. I'll, I think I'm going to take the Mustangs here. Mustangs covered. Yeah, I uh, I like the Mustangs here as well, uh, just because Houston hasn't been playing good football. Uh, next up, Florida State at Miami. Uh, is this the old, War Canoe? I think this is the War Canoe. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's the I trophy they play for. More... Yeah, I'm looking this. I know I'm the trophy guy, but there's just so many of them, and it's it's hard to tell. Uh, uh, while you're looking that up, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I like Florida yeah. State a lot. Uh, I just think Miami is just not a good team. The cracks with Cristobal are kind of rearing their ugly head very early on in this. Um, 
No, I. Yeah, I can't find it. Stupid Yahoo search. Um, man, I like Florida State. I, I like Florida State to win. Right now, Miami is a seven and a half point dog. I don't like the hook. I really don't like the hook. But you know what? I'm going to see where this line goes. If it gets to seven, I'm definitely betting Florida State. If it gets to seven, I'm definitely getting to Florida State. Uh, Next up, James Madison at Louisville. Uh, James Madison had a hell of a start to the year, but has lost two in a row now to Georgia Southern and Marshall. Uh, Louisville looks to be trending the other way. They look to be trending up uh, after their recent run. Obviously, we talked about it earlier, the big win over Wake Forest. Uh, I like Louisville minus 10. Um, I don't know. I know James Madison has kind of dipped a little bit. Just a little. But for, for, an, for a former F- FCS team, they're doing really well. Still, still a great first year for the Dukes. I'm going to stay away from this. This That's is fair. one I'm going to stay away from. Also, the war canoe is Florida, Florida State. Okay. They beat the war canoe. It's not Miami. Um, okay. And lastly, Wake Forest at NC State. This right here is the battle of teams of the battle of disappointment, I feel like. I feel like both these teams had higher hopes this year. I think Wake Forest can still get to that nine wins. What's Wake Forest at now? I think they only have two losses. Yeah, so they can very well um, they can very well still get to that. I think they can still get the ten. Let me let me see here. Bo-bo-bo. Yeah, they only have two. So the Wake Forest has to play NC State. Oh man, NC State, UNC, Syracuse, and Duke. So those are four. Th- those are going to be tough for them. Um, listen, NC State's underachieved. They don't have a, you know, Devin Leary's out. Uh, NC State's getting three at home. I think Wake Forest wins this one. I because you know Wake Forest struggles on defense, and NC State gives me nothing to that says that they're gonna they're going to um, play really well against them. So I like Wake Forest, and I I also think that Wake Forest's offense is gonna play with a chip on their shoulder after that performance last week against Louisville. So I like Demon Deacons. Yeah. All right, this is how we're going to end the episode, Jay. We're going to end it with the costumes. Okay, so people at home, we're going to do a little something since it is the day after Halloween for all of you listening. I am going to give Jay, and Jay is going to give me a coach's name. Jay, let's just do two, okay? Okay. Let's do two, and then uh, we'll we'll talk about our own. Um, So – First one to you, what is Josh Heupel? What's he going as for Halloween? Oh, man. Uh, 
So for Josh Heupel, I, I think he goes as like Davy Crockett, just as a, okay. as a Tennessee guy. Yeah. Right, because I know I know we got the Crockett hats up in West Virginia, but yeah. I think Davy Crockett's from Tennessee. So yes, yes. Uh, Josh Heupel goes as Davy Crockett. Okay. Okay. You're you're up now. All right. Uh, so for my first coach, I was going to give you Lane Kiffin. <laughs> well, now I have to get rid of mine because I was going to give you Lane. Um, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is going to go. I see Lane Kiffin as he's going to pull the Uno reverse card on Daniel Tosh. And he's going to go as Tosh. He will go as Daniel Tosh. Yes. (laughs) That's what I'll put. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to go, we're going to go back with Lane Kiffin, Lane Kiffin for you. What do, what do you All think, right. Lane? Who's Lane Kiffin going as? Uh, so he made a comment after the Texas A&M game uh, that – or maybe it was before. I can't remember exactly when he did the interview, but he made a comment out of, uh, of, of going as the Joker. Maybe Jimbo has him a Joker costume. Oh, uh, I like that, actually. I actually think that's a pretty good costume for Lane that Kiffin. Is a pretty good <laughs> Kiffin. That's really good. That's really good. Okay. All right. And then my uh, my next coach up for you is going to be Mike Leach. Oh, that's easy. Right? Has that's easy. He's going as a pirate. Yep. He's going as a pirate. He uh, maybe – hang on. Right, let me get into Mike Leach mode here. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we can go, uh, you know, black beard and there's red beard. Um if you watch the Pirates of the Caribbean, you have Jack Sparrow. Uh, I just, I just hope nobody gives me candy corn. I hate candy corn. Uh, uh, you know, Treasure Island. There were a lot of pirates that you could be. Um, there's um, Long John Silver. Uh, that you have to have a peg leg. Uh, there was Blind Pew. Um, there was Billy Bones. Uh, there's a lot of pirates that you can William be Bellamy. William. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I feel like my line, Mike Leach is getting better. Um, well, I'll have to clip it and uh, see what the people think. Um, and now we have must we must do our own. So, Jay, who's Jimbo going as? So for Jimbo Fisher as a West Virginia guy, I think he just goes as a coal miner. I, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of something that rings home true for any West Virginia guy. Uh, and uh, th- that's what I that's what I would see Jimbo Fisher going as. Either that or an auctioneer. Oh, yeah, because he kind of he kind of talks a little fast. He kind of oh, yeah. does. He kind of. Yeah. So, so what I'll, is I'll uh, tell you? I'll tell you what. Yeah. What is, what is uh, James Franklin going as? I think I have an idea, but I'll let you go ahead and and, and answer so, it. <laughs> the picture of of the pic, he always does things with his daughters, and it always gets blown up and put on social media. They're like, "Oh, look at what a clown this guy is!" because he dresses up for Halloween with his daughters. Um, and there's also the the tiger picture that always comes up with his face painted, which is embarrassing. Um, James Franklin. 
and I mean this in the best way possible, okay? Because people use this as a term of, uh, people say this as a negative, okay? But I can see James Franklin as, I was going to say a car salesman, but I'm going to go with, he's going to be oil, oil tycoon, like, I don't know if this is maybe a little before your time, but um, the Fairly Odd Parents had Doug Dimmodome. Doug Dimmodome, owner uh, of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Yeah, so I could see him like a like the white suit oil tycoon type because he's a salesman. I believe yeah. James Franklin can sell ice to an Eskimo. Um so I think that is what James Franklin will be going as. So you said Lynn Kiffin was going to pull the Uno reverse card uh, and dress as Daniel Tosh. I think James Franklin's going to pull the Uno reverse card and go as a Keegan Michael Key skit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that would be Hegel McCringleberry. Exactly. There you go. Yes. There it is. There we go. Um, all right, everybody that uh, tuned in, uh, thank you again for tuning in. Listen, follow me at CFB Jake on twitter follow at get back coach on instagram we uh also jay follow jay as well uh, pretty you don't much. have to you follow jay follow <laughs> um, follow jay arnold listen um follow our accounts uh, i jay and i for the first time this is a, a a trip a year and a half in the making jay and i will be meeting for the first time ever uh face to face in person live and in color um i'll be going to my first ever um texas a&m football game and jay is going to uh jay is going to be my host and your spirit guide my spirit guide there we go i'm fired up for it so follow us we'll be posting all sorts of content especially bucky's i'm going to bucky's right oh yeah we're going to bucky's Bucky's okay great yeah so make sure you guys follow us it's going to be a hell of a weekend And thank you all for tuning in. And as always, have a great week.